What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. This is going to be a pretty quick show. There's a lot going on in my life. I did a Twitch show tonight with Andrew Spade, which you will be able to hear uh, over the weekend. Ask the OBR. we got to do a ton of topics, so check that out uh, as your Saturday episode or any time over the weekend. I think it was a really good show. You're going to hear some similar themes to today, which I'm going to bring in John Colosimo here in just a second. We are having our second child tomorrow. It is a, sch- a scheduled birth, so kind of trying to move through tonight's podcast pretty quick to get things uh, where we need to get them. But I want to keep this train moving as the season is creeping upon us. It'll be training camp and now l- literally under two weeks. I don't know where July is going. It's moving quickly. But uh, continue to check out the OBR over the weekend where Jack um, has some great stuff. Jack Duffin does on explaining rollover cap, giving you a real understanding of what rollover cap is and why the Browns covet it so much. So check that out. I also wrote on pistol formation stuff. You can check that out uh, as well uh, about tweaks, I think, that are coming for the offense. But a real John in now, we're going to talk uh, quickly about a couple things that I've noticed league-wide, and then we'll talk about the rest of the cornerback room. If you missed the cornerback room yesterday, check that out. I talked about the two studs in the room, Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward, and gave you everything you need to know about what those guys should look like for this year, their contracts, age, performance, all that stuff. So, uh, John, what's up, brother? How are you? I'm good, man. Busy, busy, man, but uh, it's it's been good busy. Good busy. I, I would agree with that. Summer months can be uh, – you know, kind of this Q3 session, people can see it's a lazy summer, but especially for me, what I do, my nine to five and then this, and I know you got some great stuff going on between your day job and, and uh, housing renovations. We spent 20 minutes talking about off air here. So uh, there's, there's never a break, but I want to, I want to get your opinion on a couple things. The Cincinnati Bengals rolled out an all white helmet. They didn't really roll it out. They didn't do anything official on their Instagram or Twitter, but they did confirm they're doing it. It seems like a very easy thing. You swap out the orange, you put in the white and it's a really sharp look. There's some really nice, mock-ups out there that people have photoshopped on twitter that are very clean i think if they did a black chin strap with it it would look even better but whatever i'm i was telling john off air i'm tired of being jealous of things the cincinnati Bengals have but the white helmet is fantastic which bridges back to the browns a couple things like the, the helmet i'm not sure the browns should ever mess with but i'd like them to wear their traditional white uniforms more at the minimum do you think they'll ever mess with the helmet i mean i know they put the numbers on it this year but changing the color and i think john didn't they have a stretch where they wore white helmets in the early stages of the franchise for a little bit with you know back in the no face mask days but would it yeah. be totally off the rails right i'm pretty sure they won some championships with it um and i think it was just white with number that's I, I think that's what it was last time because I remember it coming up, um, you know, in one of the couple of uniform changes. I know Tony Grossi had, you know, several tweets about it, um, you know, that, and these are like 10 year old tweets I'm talking about. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was like all white, no stripe with a number, if I remember correctly. And I think that harkens back to some championship years. I think it does. Um uh, I can't. I can't remember. I think Seth, with uh, the, who works with us at the OBR, his name is Wreck This League on Twitter. He's put out some mock-ups with a white helmet that have looked really cool. But I just don't think they should mess with it personally. I don't. I don't think. And I know that it's like, well, it's an orange helmet, and they're called the Browns. But it does seem like there are some part that we we learned a lesson from 2014, right? Where I just don't think you need to get crazy with this whole thing. I don't. Yeah, I really yeah. don't think you need to keep it simple. I know they put out those uniforms last year, the, the whatever uh, anniversary uniforms. I can't remember the exact 75th anniversary or something. And those were all white, but they just haven't. I think the only time they wore their traditional all white uniform was in Jacksonville the first year. Yeah. They really have worn those brown pants, which I hate so much. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think I think they, you know, they've done pretty well, you know, lately. You know, especially. I mean, the bar was pretty low coming off the, um, you know, the one from a few years so back. So bad. Really so bad. bad. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that they've gotten back, and I, I you know, it, the the Bengals ones, they they do look really sweet. I, I just don't see the same kind of. Um, the same kind of uh, opportunities with the Browns. And I really do think that when they keep, you know, when they keep the uniform tight, I think it really is a classic, very good looking plain uniform that, you know, that is best when you keep it pretty simple. I, I Okay. I'll move off uniforms. Cause I talked about with Andrew a lot. You're going to hear my opinion over the weekend. I couldn't agree with you more. Keeping it simple with this whole thing is, it's uh, it's not hard, man. Keep it simple. The uniform looks pretty good. You've gotten back to the right thing. You can you can mess with a couple little minor details, but don't go crazy. Even when uh, you know the NFL is allowing you to take risks with a different colored helmet now, I don't think you really need to go down that path. So I hope they don't. I, I want to throw something at you that I hadn't put out there. Um, the the NFL released the top twenty five under twenty five first and second team. Uh, this this is the NFL all twenty five defensive team for 22 and i don't know if the nfl released this or cbs did i'm not sure but i just found it and they have patrick queen um as one of the starting <laughs> linebackers that's, well that's already just a throw the list away type find right there it's absolutely terrible they have jok on the second team and i was just doing a show with ken mccusick yesterday on his podcast channel where you know he's just talking about how they wish that he could get to uh, Patrick Queen could get to JOK's level in terms of how he plays. And I'm, I'm not saying JOK doesn't have things to prove here, but like Patrick Queen has been pretty bad. He's been pretty bad in his, his time in the NFL so far. And I think that if you offered Patrick Queen straight up for JOK, I think the Browns would laugh you out of the building. So it's kind of a weird, that's kind of a weird one. They have, they have Newsome as a second team corner. So remember, remember that Denzel and, and Miles now are both 25. So they're out of this conversation, gotcha. but. I would consider those two among the best. I mean, they, they have the starting corners, Trevon Diggs and A.J. Terrell. I think A.J. Terrell's been pretty good. I think Trevon Diggs, a lot of ball production he's found his way into that is sort of unpredictable there. So uh, I think he's ready for a step back. I think Newsom's really ready for a step forward. I talked about him yesterday. I want to get your opinion on it before we jump into these other corners. Um, he's going to move inside. I think I think that this move inside, which he's been vocally supportive of, but the move inside is interesting because, you know, first of all, it, it makes you more susceptible in run game to injury, right? Which you never really want that for a guy you think is a pretty important part of your defense. But also, like, Nichols don't get paid, John. I, I'm just, like, curious if he's looking at – I mean, Nichols – Nickelback's kind of get, you know, these guys kind of slot corners get some money, but they're not getting $100 million contracts. And I don't know, maybe he resets the market, but – is this a smart career move for him? Because he's he was so good outside, and he's been so good outside through his college career too. And I get kind of doing what the team needs, and I, I'm cool with that. I totally am in on all of that stuff. But I just kind of find this move interesting for the shape of what his career will be. Or maybe it doesn't matter. It's too early, and they'll figure it out, and he ultimately moves back outside at some point. But just like to me, it's like you know, if your agent's talking to you, that's not really where the money is at the position. Yeah. I tell you, I've still probably we we actually talked about this, but it was like three, four months ago at least, um, and I still kind of am interested. I think we just haven't gotten to see any action to see where this is, but it's worth mentioning again. Um, in in this type of defense, 
um, you know, wh- how the Rams have used Ramsey um, as a bigger guy, and they really have changed. Um, his snaps have exploded on the inside. Like it's not like a, a mix. He was he was a predominantly inside guy, and I have been interested to see if they were trying to use him in a very similar fashion. He's also a bigger guy, um, and he's certainly getting paid um, already. Um, and they weren't afraid to put him inside for I think it was something like 650 snaps. So, um, and, you know, that was pretty successful defense. So I'm interested to see if that is what kind of shifts maybe some attitudes about what you might want on the inside. I mean, people always talk about the importance of slot corner and how difficult it is. And yet you don't ever really see people putting top flight corners there. So, it, you know, that those two things don't seem to mesh up all that well until – last year with with Ramsey so uh, I'm I'm really interested to see um, how they intend to use him if they really do put him in there for 600 snaps or you know or something like that um, and and whether he's successful doing it because it's a damn hard thing to do so it's um, extremely hard man yeah it's, it's I, that's hard. what I want to see you know and I had talked to a few months ago about like of course I had I, I have no time to do this but I would have loved to have uh, seen a good chunk of Ramsey snaps on the inside last year to um, you know, just to kind of see what, what were they doing? Was it anything, were they just playing him as a slot or were they, you know, um, like how, how exactly was he being used so that I could see, um, you know, once we get to see some action here, which really still won't be till the regular season, um, you know, if they use him in a similar way, I'm sure we'd probably notice that pretty quick. Yeah. It's going to be a preseason thing. I mean, a training camp people will note it, but I don't think we'll get a great feel until we see where he's starting, right? Where he's starting and where he's spending those first two yes. series or so in the preseason. So that's fair. Uh, yeah. I, that's just, it's interesting. We were going to talk about a guy here in just a second who we think is a under the radar candidate, but I just, I guess I just have a hard time seeing any of the other guys do it. I, I don't see Martin Emerson as the person to do it. We know Greedy's not going to do it. Denzel has had those situations chopped in half. I think he had like in the 40s or 50s in his first two years in different defensive schemes. And then with Woods, he's under 10 in terms of interior snaps. He keeps him yeah. keeps him outside a lot. So, I, I mean, I always kind of thought when they traded Troy Hill, it could be yeah. a pity thing. They would, they would move people in and out and see if somebody eventually claimed it. But that is going to be one of the more interesting things to pay attention to in the early portions of camp and, and certainly preseason games is to figure out who they actually trust to play inside and, uh, if they want to pull some guys away, right? Like we think Newsom established himself as a pretty good outside corner last year, in my opinion. So yanking him back inside is a bit of an interesting, it's an interesting move. Not that it won't work. He seems pretty eager to be able to do it and want to do it and accept the challenge, all that saying the right things, but uh, we'll just uh, we'll have to see how it shakes out because he is a valuable asset. Certainly. So uh, real quick, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to finish up the cornerback room. Talk about those guys really quickly and uh, wrap that up before we get to safeties and probably early next week. So we'll be right, right back. Quick word from our sponsor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, so we're going to start with Greedy. What, what, a, what a wild ride this has been. So okay. we all know uneven rookie year getting comfortable with off coverage uh you know figuring that part of the game out he was such a mirror guy down in your face mirror technique guy at lsu because you know lsu is is always kind of that big balls university right where they they just still get in your face and mug you and they think they're better than you and and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but that's how they that's how they try to play so it's a big learning curve and then second year we know the shoulder and missed the whole year and Last year was kind of spotty. He was in and out of some games. He had some really high highs. I mean, Chicago, Minnesota, uh, the Chargers game, the Detroit game, the, the Vegas game. Like, he played really well, but he also had some really low games. Green Bay struggled. Uh, at Cincinnati, he struggled. Chiefs game, week one, he struggled. He's gotten – he got a lot of trust in the uh, – and when opportunity was there or in the middle of the season where he had some games over 60s and 70 snaps. He had a lot of snaps at the end of the year, too, 74, 69, 59 and then 41 in week 18. If he's your outside guy, how do you feel about him going into a contract year? Because it is a big year for him. He is, uh, if they're going to move Newsom inside, he's going to get those snaps. He's going to be just 24 for most of the year. He doesn't turn 25 until uh, December 3rd. So this has been a consistent theme on these shows is me talking about how young these guys are, which is still bananas. He was a second-round pick back in 2019, the year they, they'd given up their first-round pick for Odell Beckham. He was the 45th pick in that, sorry, 46th pick in that draft. His contract this year carries a final year of his rookie deal, a 2.055 number. He does have some dead cap he would give. So they're not certainly not going to cut him. I'm not saying that, but the 680 dead cap to only a 1.3 gain from a cap savings. So not much. He's going to be on the roster. He's a lock. The question for Greedy is how comfortable are you with him being your uh, opposing outside guy? I mean, I, I would say a lot a lot more confident than I was last season about the idea of him. A lot of people were excited to have him back after, um, after the injuries and stuff like that. I, I wasn't, I also wasn't a greedy guy when, um, when he was drafted um, mainly because uh, I felt like we were playing predominantly zone and I felt like he was a man guy and there's, you know, there's people out there that'll say all the time, you know, well, you just take the man guy and, and figure it out. But, you know, a lot of these guys don't really change. I don't expect Joe Woods to change. 
um, how he plays. And so I, I thought Greedy was not very good as a rookie, especially in any kind of zone, um, deep zones, cover three stuff. And just um, slow. Didn't, didn't get in and out of stuff. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think he, he was a lot better when he came back. I mean, between the injuries and what I thought of him coming out of the draft for this defense, because I do think it matters. Um, and, uh, and the way he played, it's just, um, I didn't expect anything. So the bar was ex- extremely low and I thought he well exceeded those. And if you factor in kind of learning the D a little bit more, continuing to, to get more into, um, you know, cover three, style uh you know defenses i thought he was much improved and now i'm hopeful i mean you know like i don't i don't think he's a star i don't think he's top flight but can he be your number two a a quality number two i would have said this year this time last year no way and uh and this time i'm saying well let's find out and you know i don't feel bad when you when you talk about the idea of having him on the outside and having newsome on the inside it doesn't make me feel queasy and so that's maybe that's a low bar to have, but um, at least you have Newsom if things don't go right there. Now, what you do at slot in that case, I, I don't know. It really does seem like they've angled the, the roster toward Newsom playing inside. But um, at least you do have that out. Um, and he was he was uh, he was fine as a third corner. That was, you know, um, very decent third corner to have in the NFL, I thought, last year. Um you know, some some teams have better ones, but a lot didn't. So, and you can never have enough of them. So, we'll see on the contract year. And I don't have any problem with with you know sticking him on the outside to start and having Newsom as a as a parachute, you know, for that plan. I, I with you. I was very nervous after his first year about where it was going, and it was really nice to see him figure some things out, look more comfortable with game speed, look more comfortable in off ball stuff, especially as a field corner. You know, Denzel's usually your boundary corner, so he was playing field stuff, and he just seemed pretty comfortable doing those things, which is an improvement. He was a 53.6 coverage grade his rookie year, where he gave up uh, he gave up a pretty decent 60% completion percentage, and then up to 68.8 coverage grade last year. And you got seven pass. This is what you love: two interceptions and seven pass breakups. The ball production was better. Cut down on penalties. His rookie year, he had seven penalties, two pass breakups, oh, yeah. and interceptions. So he cut down on penalties, increased ball production. That's that's all stuff you really, really want to see. So uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm actually really optimistic about him. Now, it would be great to keep him around uh, in another contract where it was, is not a break-the-bank situation. Yes. But um, uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, I think that'd I was, be a really I, good outcome. I would, I would agree with that. I'm not sure he's going to be, like you said, he's not going to be great, but you just need him to be good, solid, decent, right? Just That's, that's mm. all you need out of him because – you can get some stellar play around him, and I, I still think he's fine. But uh, I like Greedy. We're, we're optimistic about him, which uh, for a while there we were not we were not optimistic about Greedy. I'm with you. I was very apprehensive about what his ability was going to be in the NFL, especially coming off that weird shoulder, which is, again, something you do have to continue to pay attention to, somebody coming off a degenerative nerve issue. Those things can spring up at any moment. You know, those are those are scary things. So he wears the shoulder harness. It seemed to be a couple of issues last year, but nothing, you know, nothing all too crazy that that it took him out of uh, anything imperative. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. I, I do suspect if if Newsom's inside, he's your guy. But A.J. Green's going to give him a run. A.J. Green is an UDFA out of Oklahoma State who caught on, stuck around, practice squad, and got more opportunity finally last year. 
He's a young UDFA, though. That's what's interesting. For being around the team for two years, John, he's only 24. And that's why they gave him some pretty good money coming out as a UDFA. Um, being that young age, he just turned 24. He was so good last year. He had a 90.3 coverage grade and 116 coverage snaps. And you really can't scoff at that. That's five pass breakups and interception, only one penalty, 6-1-1-90. There's something here, man. There's something here. His contract is so friendly, $825,000 cap number this year. He's a sheer lock to make the roster. Um, I like him, man, and I think that there, he's going to give Greedy a run for his money outside because I think he can really play. And he's he's very confident for a guy who's, um, you know, in his situation where he was a UDFA and then um, is fighting for snaps, and he he plays he plays well. I, I really do think there's something here for him in the future. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it doesn't get – more ideal as a for a fourth corner on your team the upside youth uh, athletic ability uh, and trending upward uh, it's you know um, very few teams have a fourth corner that they like I'm sure as much as the Browns like green right now um, you know all things considered yeah I mean you can't really ask for much more out of a fourth guy who's going to push your third I like him. I think he's got a great opportunity here, man. He's going to be one to pay attention to because it could happen for him. This is his third year in the league, and if he can get real run, that's where you start to get really optimistic for a guy is, is he just he needs a chance. He needs an opportunity because in the small opportunity, and that's not tiny, though. 116 coverage snaps is not that's not tiny. So I'm, I'm just excited to see what he can do, excited to see if he can figure this thing out because I really do think there's something there for him. Um Okay, so then Martin Emerson's the other big name, the fifth name that is that is essentially a, a sheer lock to make the roster. Obviously, he's not a sheer lock. He is a lock. They just drafted him in the third round. He's the first selection that they made in this draft. Pick 68. He's only 21. He won't turn 22 until August, sorry, September 27th. Last year at uh, Mississippi State, it was a 78.8 coverage grade, two pass breakups, 12 pass breakups the year before with an 82.9 coverage grade. I think he's fun. He's he's a lengthy guy. He's got a lot of bravado, 62201, a big body, something different, right? Cuz Denzel and, and and Newsom are not big guys by any stretch. Um, I think Emerson brings a bigger body when they play some of those AJ Brown types, right? The bigger guys, they mm-hmm. are going to develop him, give him a chance. He's got a he's got a really crowded corner room in front of him. I don't have a ton of insight. I mean, I I've, I've written on him. I've talked about his tape. I think his tape is good. It's SEC football. He's holds his own against some really nice receivers. I don't expect him to play a massive role this year, but I think they're going to give him a chance to find the field, especially special teams, give him a chance to find the field early there. And then, Hey man, prove to us that you belong and there'll be some opportunity, but you also like, you got to be conscious here, John of corners and injuries, right? I mean, greedy shoulder Denzel's uh, missed a couple games here and there every year. Denzel has been pretty good health wise, but he's missed a couple games here and there. And, and I think that Emerson brings a ton of, long-term upside with the potential to be a pretty good player early on if they need him to be, if they let greedy walk or whatever they decision they, they make there. I don't know if you have any thoughts on him as a young guy, but um, I think yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I wasn't the biggest fan um, of the selection. I think more based on the, uh, the players that were available at the time than mm-hmm. uh, the indictment on him. Um, I'm I'm gonna clean slate the guy, and I want to see how he slides into this scheme. Again, it's a you know, this is not a scheme that, generally speaking, you know, a ton of big time programs play. You know, um, it, especially like a lot of times if you if you've got really good athletes, the, the programs that have really good athletes, uh, um, 
generally don't play exactly what we play here. And so I, I'd be interested, you know, the body and the frame, kind of your Seattle style cover three size guy. I, I really just, I'll be interested in, I, like I'm going clean slate with him and I just really want to see how he looks in, uh, in these zone looks. In my opinion, harder to find a cornerback room in the NFL with a better three, four, five. I, I think the Browns are really loaded. They're loaded at some positions. Interior O line, I think they're pretty loaded. Um, you know, they're loaded at running back, and certainly this group is the one, in my opinion, that leads it in terms of the charge of these are guys that we believe uh, are going to all play. They're all going to find the field one shape or form, and we're going to keep flexibility in signing certain people long term so on and so forth, uh, and, and I really, I just like their plan there. Middle round corners, uh, sometimes an early guy if you really are in love with them. To me, it makes sense. He carries a ninety-nine uh, $994,000 cap hit this year. He creeps to one two, one point four, and 1.7 over the next three years, so super affordable, which is what you love. Uh, fringe guys, which you're not going to spend much time on because I just don't see them becoming anything. Two guys that John and I were talking off air sound like member of the 1919 Cincinnati Reds, Herb Miller and Parnell Motley. We'll uh, we'll get some time in preseason and camp and see what they can do. Herb Miller's been around for a little bit. Parnell Motley uh, joined the Browns last year. Uh, We'll see. Reggie Robinson also, who's been around the league a little bit, uh, practice squad guy, Dallas. He was in Houston when they most recently he was let go and brought to Cleveland. So those are, in my opinion, they'll find a guy or two there that are camp bodies, uh, a guy or two there that might make the practice squad. Do not have insight on who that will be. So uh, we'll watch preseason and make judgments as you guys will. Sean Jolly, uh, this is interesting. He's he's a rookie UDFA guy. It's the last guy to talk about uh, that we talked. I've said pretty much throughout this whole uh, set of audio previews that you follow the numbers on these things. Who's going to make the roster? Who's not? Who has the best shot? The UDFAs, you follow the money. Glenn Logan got some money. Uh, they gave offensive line some money, but they brought in a ton of people at certain positions to tell you where they really feel like they're trying to find people. Corner is one of them here with Sean Jolly, not just corner, but slot corner. Talked about tight end. They brought in a ton of UDFAs, wide receiver, a lot of UDFAs, and D-tackle. This signing of, of Sean Jolly is what's interesting because he has a high cap number, and he has a $50,000 guaranteed salary that's that's locked in. So it's sixty five k to cut him. That's not nothing. But there's essentially the feel to me here, John, is that this guy is a guy they think is, they're going to roster or at least seriously try to get him as an up-and-down guy from the practice squad. He's, he was graded out extremely high, uh, extremely high uh, as far as uh, I believe he was uh, near the top of slot corner metrics when he was at App State. So I'm not sure if he was like the highest graded slot one of the years he was there, but he was up there, and that's why the Browns are interested in him. He had a 91.4 coverage grade in 2019, a little more up and down the next two years. He had a five interception season, ten pass breakup season there, which is which is crazy. That's really good. I think teams stop throwing at him a lot. I think you got to know this name, Sean Jolly, five nine one seventy five. The Browns list him age wise a little older. He's twenty three right now, but they're paying him money that's pretty serious for a UDFA at a position you and I are talking about here. Um, that that they they would love for Greg Newsom to play it seems, but solving it with somebody else who could handle that and letting Greg be an outside guy to me would be a really great outcome. So uh, I'm not expecting John for you to have any insights on this. Uh, just, just something to track here with Sean Jolly is it seems like he's going to get a ton of opportunity. And the money says that uh, he's going to be a guy that they might even be considering as a, a borderline roster lock to me, uh, which is, which is fascinating, but it has, it is at a position that I do think they would love to have some sort of resolution long-term 
kind of similar to was it Brian Body Calhoun back in the day who they got as a UDFA. That's a that's a position sure. that you can get a UDFA guy that that can really help you. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm definitely not going to have uh, a take over yours. I just learned most of the things that you just said, so uh, I think that that is all interesting, and um, I'll be very interesting to see how he handles that jump from, you know, from from small school to to the NFL there. Yeah, they like him. We'll we'll see what translates. But I'm trying to give you guys with these previews just names to pay attention to. Now, I will reference he is number 49 on the roster. It's not a great outlook. Corners number 49 typically get picked on. So we'll see <laughs> if uh, if it's a mistake to pick on Sean Jolly. Listen, John, this is fun, man. A lot going on in both of our lives. A lot of moving parts. Um, hopefully, uh, over the weekend, we can uh, have a healthy baby and, and connect next week and talk about some more fun Brown stuff as camp is now just two weeks away, man. So it'll be here before we know it. I appreciate you, brother. Hey, no problem, man. And uh, for sure, good luck and uh, keep me up to date tomorrow, man. We will do that. We'll do that. Thanks, guys, uh, for checking in, joining this episode as John and I tried to piece together some things to talk about here. Hopefully we entertained you somewhat for your Friday. So hopefully you have a great Friday whenever you listen to this in the car, on the commute or in the gym or whatever. We appreciate you. There will be a replay over the weekend, like I said, of the Twitch show that was aired tonight as well so check that out and yeah i'll kind of be zero dark 30 here for a couple days trying to get the uh little man out and healthy and it was pretty weird putting in the second car seat into a car i think that's when it gets pretty gets pretty real that uh you're about to have two of these guys it's an even playing field here so thanks again guys for checking out the show appreciate you all the support all that stuff is uh means everything so have a great friday and go browns